Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Some states uh, not wanting to accept it as a holiday. 
Um, what do you think about that? And now that those states have accepted it as a holiday, how is that holiday represented where you are? Is it recognized at all? Is it commercialized, over-commercialized? Should it be commercialized? Four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. We'd love to have your opinion on all of those things. Well, so now you know the call-in numbers. You know what we're going to talk about today. Let me briefly tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. One of the ways we do that is with our parent product, which is Our Own Voices, the print magazine, as well as digital, ourownvoices.com, and, of course, Our Own Voices on social media, including this platform, Blog Talk Radio. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus. Uh, YouTube, Pinterest, <laughs> you name it, if it's popular, we're probably on it. So just type in Our Own Voices, and you should be able to find us. And to find the radio show, type in Our Own Voices Live, and that will bring you to us. I, we do think it's important because it is a voice, and we have greater access to voices today than ever before in history. But do we take advantage of that? And here's another question for you, which sort of brought this whole topic up to me, is do you all know what Dr. King's actual birth date, his actual birth date, do you know what it is? Call in 347-826-9600. You can also hit us up in the chat room and let us know about that. Uh, because I found uh, yesterday when we were at our regular Friday gathering and I asked that question, there were many who thought it was the 19th. That's right. There were many who thought it was the 19th. Now, the 19th is when the holiday is being observed, but it is that his actual birthday. Now, just so you all know, with the quickness, I have one person who's contacted me already, and they've given me the right uh, day. Uh, now, do you know the date? the year of Dr. King's birthday. So what I'm asking for is, do you know when Dr. King was born, the actual date, the day, the month, and the year? And do you know it without having to go to your personal assistant called Google? Ah, I got a response back, again, with the quickness from the same person that, once again, came up with the right answer. Whoever she is, she is on top of the game. And that is assuming it is a she. Whoever this person is, they are on top of it. Thank you very much for responding so quickly. Now, do the rest of you, in the sound of my voice, know when the actual birth date is? And I, I think that's important. It's important because when you know a fact, it's hard for it to be manipulated. And it has greater meaning. And all too often, we accept things as given to us, however much or however little. Those things really do kind of 
change our mindset. It affects our mindsets for sure. So knowing actual dates, know, how many times have you talked to someone and you've been talking to them for days, weeks, months, or years, and you don't actually know their name? You've been talking to them, but you don't actually know their name. Something to think about. I was on KCEP Power 88, that's 88.1, on your FM radio dial yesterday morning with the Like It Is radio show with Franklin G. Franklin Burley goes by Franklin G. And I appreciate him giving me an opportunity to be on a terrestrial radio to expand the audience. And it was to let him know that we were doing the 7th Annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil here in Las Vegas. Uh, We call it King Week. Uh, it used to be King the Parade, then it was King Weekend, and now we have a whole week of events dedicated to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his legacy, uh, with the it culminating sort of, well, the crescendo being the parade, which will be this Monday when it's the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday is being celebrated. We also have the candlelight vigil. Now, tonight, just so you know, there's a bunch of things going on. Monday, after the parade, at Edmonds Town Center, that's also right here in Las Vegas, and I would love to know what events you all have, wherever you're located are. You are located, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. I would love to know what celebrations or remembrances, recognitions, that you all are having, whether it's church services, whether it's dinners, lunches, uh, parades. You know, Las Vegas has, if not the largest Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. parade, one of the largest, and it should be in the top five if it's not the largest. been going on for well over 30 years. It's one of the oldest. And I know many of you may think of Las Vegas as just casinos. I get that. But actually, there is some culture here in Las Vegas. Uh, that is an example of it that you may not be aware of. So something to take note of. We'd love to know, especially you, those of you from back east, from Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, Detroit, New York, Atlanta, Miami. Uh, how do you guys celebrate or remember, recognize this holiday for the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I had a chance to speak with Dr. Robert Green yesterday. And Dr. Robert Green, as most of you probably know, was one of Dr. King's lieutenants. As a matter of fact, he was the guy that was in charge of Dr. King's education initiatives. And one of the questions that was asked for him is, what do you think Dr. King would think of the King holiday and how it's celebrated. And Dr. Green says, eh, you know, he'd probably be okay with it. Uh, but he, he, he went on to point out, he says, Dr. King raised over $20 million during the Civil Rights Movement, maybe a little before. And he says he gave it all away. He said every penny. Now, mind you, Dr. Green, though not as well-known as some of the others, Dr. Green was also like the godfather of some of Dr. King's and, and Mrs. King's children. After the death 
it was Dr. Green who some of the children stayed with. So Dr. Green has an intimate relationship with the King family even up to this day. Uh, Dr. Green was also down with Dr. King. And, you know, we often hear about uh, Bloody Sunday, but there were marches that were continuous there in Selma, very much like there were there are marches today, continuous in Ferguson and New York and right here in Las Vegas. And one of the things that, uh, and Dr. Green was in some of those uh, Selma marches after Bloody Sunday, but he said Dr. King gave away $20 million every penny of it. And he said he sent so many children to college, donated the money to women's shelters. Uh, You know, we don't hear that side of Dr. King so much. But when it came to civil rights for him, it was civil rights for all. So when he had events or there was money being raised, it was, in Dr. Green's words, all for the movement. So he took a moment to suggest to those who were having various events to remember the purpose of your event. And there was a reference made to events that are high-dollar events, many not even in communities of blacks and maybe any other minority. And he says he suggested to those folks to maybe take an opportunity to refocus because many of the people who need to hear those speeches and receive those messages may not be able to afford those particular events. He says, have them by all means. And he said, Dr. King was a capitalist to a certain extent. He believed in commerce and business and making money. But he says it was making money for a purpose. Making money for a purpose can be for making sure that you're providing for yourself and or your family. But he says when it comes to doing things in the name of Dr. King and for the movement, make sure that whatever that event is, that that money that you're raising is going to the movement. He says, he says that's, the, that's important. Make sure that the money that you're, that you're raising from your event, make sure it is going to the movement. Now, we all know that there are expenses with the candlelight vigil tonight. The candles cost money. The lighters cost money. If we use a little tea light, that costs money. Uh, to print out the programs, it costs money. If if there's water available, unless someone donates it, that will cost money. So we do know that you need sponsors for your events, and and there is a cost associated with it. Heck, I'd like to get some more sponsors for my candlelight vigil tonight because, one, I just don't know if I have time to get it all. But he's really emphasize, remember the purpose of your remembrance event, your celebration, whether it's a parade, a dinner, a lunch, a breakfast, a candlelight vigil, whatever it is, stay focused. I do have a caller on the line. Uh, I'm going to bring them on. Uh, Good afternoon. You're on Our Own Voices Live. Welcome to our show. Today's topic is the importance of vigils, holidays, and protests as Las Vegas celebrates the birth of a king, as the country celebrates the birth of a king, and really the world. Do you have a question or comment for us? Yes, I do. Um, Dr. Green, I'm going to 
actually know. This is Angela Thomas, your co-hostess, and uh, I just wanted to say happy King's birthday weekend. I don't know if that's appropriate, though, but, you know, it's good to remember. Uh, Yes, I see you called from a slightly uh, different number and threw me off. (laughs) Got to keep you on your toes, Mr. Clint. Hey, well, hey, sister, today I'm definitely on my toes. There is going on. But thank you for joining joining the conversation today. Uh, So, Angela, without saying it, do you know when Dr. King was actually born? Month, day, and year? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, there is two. Uh, how, how about you folks out there? And without looking at Google, do you know when Dr. King was born, his actual birthday, the day, month, and year. So we have Angela, she knows what it is, and we have uh, one other listener who contacted me with the uh, quickness who knows what it is. Is there anyone else out there who knows when Dr. King's actual birthday is? Hmm. Angela, do you think that most people know? You know, yesterday... Uh, we we sort of asked this question, and I I was very surprised that most didn't. And your to your point that you made yesterday that, that I'll reiterate today on the air, uh, because we celebrate, you know, the third Monday. Um, it gives a false impression that that's the actual birth date. And lately, uh, observers believing that that's the day when it's not. So we have to uh, be ever vigilant and, and stay on top of the fact that we need to know the actual date. And, and something on that day, if you can. So I, I am surprised that. We don't seem to remember that. That's cool. Mm. Well, it, it was a, a little startling, but, you know, when, when children go to school, one of the things I, I hear a lot from children is that they don't get much education on the portion of American history that's black history or African-American African history. But they did say that usually in Black History Month, they do hear about, Maybe a little bit, but usually not. Malcolm X always hears something about Dr. King, may hear something about Harriet Tugman, Madam C.J. Walker, uh, may hear a little bit about a few others, but they almost always say they hear something about Dr. King. And what got me yesterday was that most of the folks didn't even remember the part that they say that they hear about, which is Dr. King. Do you think that we take the holiday and the individual behind the the holiday as serious as maybe we should? I 
I would, based off of me asking, not just at the visual, but a couple of other places, like I would say, we know rap lyrics by heart. We know a lot of other uh, things that haven't benefited us as much as the work that MLK and his peers did seem to have a equal reverence for history and history makers. And you know that that leads me to the other the other question of the day was besides Dr. King's birthday is I asked folks if they knew the words to the Black Anthem. Did could they sing the Black Anthem without looking at the paper? And I asked them if you know the words of the national anthem and you are black, African-American, should you for sure know the names to the black anthem? And I'm going to be the first to admit that I do not know the words to the black anthem. I know a lot of them, but I don't know all of them. And then to go right along with that question, not only do you know the words of the song, but... I called it the Black Anthem. Do you know the name of the song? These things should be important to us. At least I think they should be important to us. What do you think? I I think we should uh, put a premium on our Constitution. Because, if for no other reason, but because other people outside of our U.S. borders do. You leave here, uh, I would say Dr. King is probably on the the top three Americans that people, when they think of America and African Americans, it's him, Jordan, and, and uh, Muhammad Ali. Dr. King, Jordan, and Muhammad Ali that they talk to us about. Well, I, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a better job of myself because I do believe that you know it is important, and I'm going to practice the words to the song because the the, the I think it's called the stanzas that we normally sing. It's not mm-hmm. the complete song. It's not the full it's version, only yeah. The beginning of the song. Yep. And yep. and not only do you know the lyrics, which is a big step, but taking the time to understand the meaning of the lyrics. Why those particular words of all words? What significance do those words have? When we talk about the the stripes on the flag we know what they're talking about, what it's referencing. Uh, when we talk about the bombs bursting in air, we have a pretty good idea of, again, what they're referencing and what period of time. But when we talk about lift every voice and sing, and we get past the beginning, which most people know, 
and we get into the other version, the the other standard. When people hear that, first of all, I wonder do they realize that they're actually listening to the song? And in general, what do they think about the words? Do they know what the words mean? The question. Great song. And if you all, you can always Google it. If you, if you don't know, and I encourage you to Google it, I encourage you to read the, the stanzas, the lyrics to the song. Uh, because normally, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sing the part that we all know. Well, hold on, let me take that back. I'm going to you gonna sing. Oh, oh wow! Okay. No, 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 no. I don't want to hurt. I don't want. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm going to. Oh. It I thought says, you were in the lifted. spirit to lose us a few listeners. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Uh, we're getting close to that hundred thousand mark, and I'd like to hit it sooner than later. Uh, but the lyrics go <laughs> is it says, "Lift every voice and sing." Till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the sky. listening sky. Let it resound loud as the rolling the sea. Yes. Sing a song full of the faith, and this is where everybody starts to get a little low. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us, sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us, facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Okay. Now, that's the part that most People know a lot of, if not all of it, but there is that mm-hmm. part that that sing a song where everybody gets a little, a little soft, a little low. And if you <laughs> think they get a little soft and a little low there, when you get to that second part, uh, usually it's just the person leading the song that's singing. It says, "Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening." Rod felt in the days when the hopes unborn had died, yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers died? We have come over a way that with tears has been watered, we have come treading our path. Through the blood of the slaughtered, glooming past, till now we stand at last, where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. Now that's sort of the second part or the middle part of the Black Anthem. And I'm guessing there are plenty of folks who've never heard that part and plenty who never sung it. Now, I want to continue because I do think that these words are important and we should know them. And then here's the third part. God of our weary years, God of our silent 
tears. Go who has brought us thus far on the way. Thou who has by thy might led us into the light. Keep us forever in the path, we pray. Least our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee. Least our hearts, drunk from the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadowed beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to our Lord, true to our native land. Now, as, as I was reading those words, there was a lot of images and visions that popped into my head, and especially for those who've never heard those words before, I'd really like to know what do you think of those words? How did it impact you? How it is relevant to you? You know, there's a lot of religious reference in the psalm. It actually says God. Uh, on at least four occasions, it specifically says God. For those who don't believe in a God, don't believe in the God, uh, have a various belief system, this is our song. So the question comes down to, should we know the song? Should we sing the song? And should we do a study? I think, Angela, and we'll talk about it in post-production or pre-production of another show, for Black History Month, I think we should do a segment on the show where we break down the meaning of this song. Because it should be And we should talk about the writer. Feel free to, I mean, if, if you want to, you can share some of it now. Interesting story behind that song. Yeah, and if you want to, you can share some of it now. Um, not in a place to share it now. Okay. Well, we, what we'll do is we'll we'll break down. We'll we'll do a show where we can focus on the words of the black anthem, uh, how it came about. Uh, let's get a little bit into the meaning of it. I thought it was important to mention it today because it was a song that really was a part of our rallying cry uh, back in the day, as folks like to say. And is it part of our rallying cry today? Is it something that is important to us today? And if it's not, how can we get it to be if we believe that it should be. And if we never sing the other stanzas to the song, should the song be changed? 347-826-9600. Would love to hear your response to our questions. Number one, do you know the actual birth date of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? That's month, day, and year? Do you actually know the birth date of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? And the other question is, do you know 
how we normally identify the black anthem, what we call it? And do you know the words to the song without reading it? I, I do not, but I will. And I hope that you all do too. But, and you can always go to our Facebook page at Our Own Voices Live. It's face, on Facebook, Our Own Voices Live. And continue the conversation and, and share your thoughts on today's show as well as today's questions. Very interested to know what you all think about it. Our show is probably going to be an abbreviated show today because we do have the candlelight vigil, and I'm actually trying to find some light because we, uh, uh, the area that we have some lights that are out, and uh, I want to make sure that everybody is seen. So I do have a little running around to do. Anyone in the sound of my voice, if you have some tea lights that we can use for candles, uh, please feel free to bring them. It is the Las Vegas, and in this case, the seventh anniversary of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, candlelight vigil celebrating his birth. This is our seventh one, y'all. It is designed to be a community event. It's designed to be put together from just members of the community, uh, for members of the community to participate in it. And then, of course, for members of the community to come out and be a part of the viewing and listening audience. It is a free event, and it's right in the heart of the community. Uh, the reason for that is we know that everyone can't afford those $50, $75, dinners, lunches and breakfasts. And we know that everyone may not have transportation or the time to go to some of the fancier hotels uh, removed from the areas where a good percentage of African-Americans live, though they're spread over the entire valley. So seven, a little over seven years ago, a young lady came to me and said, Rodney, there's nothing in the community, and there's not much free, if anything. The people should have something. What good is the holiday if the people can't participate in it? And I thought about that, and that was really the genesis of the candlelight vision. And we've been doing it. And I hope that we will continue to do it. Oh, and let me also throw in, I would love to get more volunteers to help us make this thing happen. Uh, let me repeat that. I would love to get some volunteers to help make this thing happen. So, yeah, that's why I'm out here in these streets, Rodney, making it happen. I, I just picked up some water. Pick up some candles. I'm ready. Oh, sucks. The Angela's on. Don't worry. I'm out in these streets for you. Handling it. <laughs> Handling the Well, thank you. Because that does mean a lot. Because that's one less thing that, that I'll have to do, which means that there's that much more that we can do collectively. Because ultimately, right. it's what we right. can do together. It's not Rodney's show, it's not our own voices show. I invite. It's a community uh, thing. Absolutely. Everyone to be a part of it. As, as I want to get as many logos that can fit on the page as participants in it and supporters to show that it is truly a community event so that the people will see that it is something for them. Oftentimes I hear folks say that they feel a little left out, that no one really cares about them and no one's really doing 
anything for them. Well, on this. Okay, I'm we got sorry. a little bit of background noise. Yeah, sorry about that. Passing through a very noisy area. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Uh, but you know, this is this is this is a community event for the people of the community by the people of the community. I love being a part of it, though I will admit it involves some sleepless nights. Uh, but when I see the people out there in the audience, however many and however few, because however that many that are there are the ones that are supposed to be there, it always sort of makes me and reminds me that it's worth it, reminds me that it's worth it and that it's for a purpose. And listening to Dr. Green yesterday reminding us all to stay focused on the holiday and its purpose. And it is an opportunity to remember, to remember where we were, the sacrifices that were made to where we have been. I know some people will say, but we don't have this and we don't have that. Well, it's true. But what I will say is being a person who lived in Jim Crow, we have a lot more than what our parents had. And because we have a lot more than our parents, we have to recognize that. And we should recognize the sacrifices that folks made. Uh, While at the gathering yesterday, uh, someone had made a comment that integration, and I'm going to paraphrase, integration is the worst thing that happened to black people. Wow. And I thought about that, and I thought I thought about those long trips from New York to North Carolina to visit my grandmother and other family. And it made me remember that there were some places that we couldn't pull over to get gas. There were some places where we couldn't even pull over and get a drink of water because they didn't have a drinking fountain for us. They well, didn't I mean, have a bag that green of- book. Tell that Green Book story you told yesterday because that's something I'm, I must admit I've never heard about the Green Book before. Well, I, don't, a, I don't think I've ever heard of that history. So because what used to happen is when you took a trip, uh, for example, from up north back home to down south, uh, you know, you're going to have to use the restroom. You're probably going to have to eat depending on just how far you drive, and you may need a place to pull over and rest. Well, for those who had family or had traveled with other people, he kind of had an idea. As a matter of fact, when you talk to Dr. Green and hear about some of the trips that he and Dr. King made, you hear him talk about that they went, you know, there were certain places that they knew they could go to and they could get up to eat or they could uh you know, gas up or, you know, just just what other people may take for granted and what most of us take for granted today, right? Well, there was someone who kind of started documenting those places. And, you know, it, it was basically made it into somewhat of a, a loose uh, book form so that when you travel, you could look through this book, and it would give you places where you could stop and get gas or 
uh, rest, uh, get something to eat. And I, I believe it was 1949. And just to show you how things have changed, right, when this book came out, it was a little on the pricey side because it cost 75 cents. So, you know, it, it costs, you know, it costs a little money. But if you were traveling, you wanted this book because it uh-huh. listed hotels, boarding houses, restaurants. Hey, if you need to get your dude done, <laughs> uh, get your hair you know cut what? at the barbershop, that's the book. Absolutely, Rodney. I, I've only driven, well, I used to drive, uh, but other people were driving. I was riding more. But I did make one significant drive from Chicago to Mississippi to drop my nephew off at Russ University and then from Russ University uh, to Fort Valley University. And I'll tell you, I think it's still purpose for the Green Book even today. When families all over America, black families all over America are loading up the car to take their young person to one of our historically black institutions. And, you know, you're a Yankee like myself. You're not familiar. And I remember one point in that trip, late at night, we 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 hit a detour and detoured in, into this community filled with Confederate flags. Mm. Now, could have meant nothing. But it was significant enough for me and my husband to get us and those children out out of there. And so, you know, to know of historically safe passages uh, for us to continue our journey would have been of great value, I tell you. And, and you know, as a, this is a part of our history. We live in such a time now where we do have a lot. We have so much that we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and so I much we still have to work on. When we take it for granted, it belittles a little bit of the sacrifice, if not a lot of the sacrifice, that those ancestors who came before us made so that we could actually live in an environment where it would be history and maybe we wouldn't think about it as much or at least not have to worry about it. So today I wanted to share a little bit with you uh, about Dr. King, the man. I wanted to give you a, relay some personal stories from someone who actually knew him uh, in Dr. Robert Green. And we're going to get Dr. Green on the show. What we started with Dr. Green is kind of an interview series because Dr. Green He's, I think, 80, ooh, I want to say 83 years old, but he's somewhere around mm-hmm. that age. So he's he's definitely one of our elders. And if you look at Dr. Green as a history book, in this case, a living book of history, there are not too many people left who had that close of relationship with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who can give you those intimate and personal stories. I'm talking about the real story, not what someone else heard or what someone else was told or what some mm-hmm. or what I may have read, but someone who sat right across from Dr. King 
and was looking into his eyes, someone who shook Dr. King's hand, someone who had dinner, breakfast, lunch with Dr. King, someone who was with Dr. King on some of those road trips. That's the type of history that we have in Dr. Green when we're talking about Dr. King. And we want to try to record as much of that because when that book, when that living book of history closes, some of that knowledge and those experiences will close with the book forever. I think that we should do a better job. And this is to all my journalist folks out there, wherever you are. We need to do a better job. But let me just rephrase it. To all of my journalist folks out there and others, but for sure to, our, to the journalist folks out there, let us, as of 2015, seek out those elders amongst us, and sometimes they may not be that old, but who have the experiences that's, that we can only read about mostly in the books that they still possess, and let's document it. Let's record it. We have uh, video cameras. We have video on our cell phones. We have all kinds of opportunities to record those. Let us record those. And to you young folks out there who may be listening, I'm going to ask you to ask your family to talk about the history of your family. What was significant, important? Who was this? Who was that? What did they do? Because what I found is that a lot of us have history right amongst us and may not be aware of it or it's just not talked about. Memories is what makes us who we are and what helps form who we will be. If we are devoid of memories, that means we can be told we are whatever someone else wants us to be, and then they can kind of guide us in the direction to fulfill what they envision of us. Well, this afternoon, we're going to participate and be a part of the 7th Annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Candlelight Vigil right here in Las Vegas. We have speakers, we have performers, and most importantly, we have whoever will show up in the audience. One of the things that is a little different about this event, other than the fact that it is outside, but the parade is outside, but we also invite members of the community to take a minute, because we don't want the program to last more than 90 minutes. I know it's in Las Vegas, but when the sun goes down, the temperature can drop like 30 it's degrees. Into the desert, right? <laughs> That's right. And the desert nights are pretty chilly. But we try to give the the community a chance to step up to the microphone and share their thoughts of the holiday, of Dr. King, you know, what does civil rights mean to them, how how has it impacted their life, how has it inspired them. You know, they can talk to any of that. We've had people come up and talk about it. We've had people come up and sung about it. But whatever it is, we try to give people a chance because, after all, the event is for the people. It's for the community. So I hope that you can join us tonight, 5.30 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time, here in Las Vegas. It's actually at the corner of MLK 
That's Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. Uh, there's a dinner going on tonight also for Martin Luther King. I hope that you all are able to attend that, that can afford to attend it. For those of you who may not have been able to get a ticket for that for whatever reason, but you're looking for something to do this evening that's free and that's closer to you if you're living in the heart of the community, please come out and join us, support us. Uh, Before the event, we play some of Dr. King's speeches. You get a chance to hear some of those, kind of set the mood and the tone. Uh, You know, this is the 50th anniversary of uh, Selma, the March at Selma, Alabama. Uh, We're going to try to – that's part of our theme this year of tying the marches in back in the day with Selma being an example and then relating it to the protest marches associated with police brutality, the I Can't Breathe uh, movement that's going on. And we're going to have a speaker from our local I Can't Breathe protest movement, a, a young man. Because we, when these events are done, especially for those of us who live through a part of it, you know, it's nice for us, but we have it. We live through it. I, we're trying to pass it on to those folks who may not have any physical connection to it. And we are very fortunate this time to have Mr. Anthony Springer as one of our speakers this evening. So uh, he's also one of the brothers, uh, one of the Sigmas, here in Las Vegas, so uh, come out and support your fraternity brother. And as many of you know, Dr. King was a member of a fraternity. Uh, Please come out and share. We want this to be something that families can come out to, bring the children. You know, bring something warm because it, it might get a little chilly, but the temperature is supposed to be nice, but just in case, and come out and, and enjoy. And, and have, let's have a, a moment of remembrance, but it, it's a birthday party, y'all. Let's have a moment of celebration. As a matter of fact, next year I think I'm going to have a cake out there. And so what do you think about that? I never argue with cake. <laughs> it's a futile thing. I don't. I'm not a big dessert person. Person, but cake, especially pound cake, I, I'm, you know, to resist the futile. Mm-hmm. So, uh, please go to the Our Own Voices uh, Facebook page and uh, go to the event page. Let us know. Uh, do you know when? And, and I really want you to tell me if you know before you consult uh, Mr. Google. And do you know Dr. King's actual birth date, day, month, and year? And do you know the name or how we typically refer to the black anthem? Do you know the name of it? And then uh, thirdly, do you know all of the words to the song, and should you? So those are some questions that we'd love for you to participate in on the Our Own Voices Facebook page. Those are uh, some things that hopefully you'll be able to pass on to your to your folks. Uh, educate them. Let's share what we've learned. And if you don't know the words and if you don't know the actual birthday, again, then consult Mr. Google. But before you consult Mr. Google, let us know on the Our Own Voices live Facebook page if you know that. And then also share with us how the King holiday is celebrated where you are. Uh, whether you are an active participant in it or not, I'd like to know what do they do in your area to celebrate this holiday. Uh, you just heard here we have 
a whole week that's actually starting to stretch beyond the week. We have the candlelight vigil tonight. We have the dinner tonight. We have the parade uh, Monday. Uh, after the parade, they even have Dream Fest. And uh, a lot of entertainment, some politicians will be out there doing the thing. Uh, it's at Edmonds Town Center. Uh, come out and support that. If you have to stand out watching the parade or if you didn't get a chance to go to the parade, you can still you still have opportunities to participate in the festivities. And then I believe next Saturday morning, there's some other events in between. And next Saturday morning, they're actually going to have the awards presentation for the winners of the di- different floats and and uh, marching band and I believe that I believe it's going to be at the Pearson Center but you could go to uh I think I think it's King Week Las Vegas uh, do a search for that and you could look at the schedule of events quite extensive you know, do you all have that type of extensive celebrations where you are go ahead Angela Oh I was just going to say band was such a big part of my childhood I personally wasn't in a band but my older brother was, so I went to rehearsals with him. I went to all his competitions. He competed all over the country, uh, the trumpet player. So horn section is pretty significant to a marching band. So just being with him every day um, while he was rehearsing at home as well as uh, times a week at band practice, I can't say enough about how much uh, marching band brought the community together, though. Parents are involved. It's, it's pretty uh, significant. So go out and support these young people that are involved in the, the various band programs around uh, your city, our city, since we're talking about our city, uh, giving us award ceremony next week. I think that's awesome. What a life changer was for my brother. He still plays instruments. He plays probably 20 different instruments now, uh, but all rooted in uh, playing the trumpet. First, his son is a guitarist, pretty pretty great blues and uh, uh, rock guitarist right now because of his love and passion playing instruments. So that's really awesome. I think we should all go out and support and I, and I hope that you all will find some way to do it, even if it's just doing, if you don't have a book on it, uh, doing your Google search. And speaking of books, I also want to tell you that uh, tonight we will be making an announcement about books and literacy. I mentioned that Dr. Green was sort of Dr. King's education guy. One of the things he talked about was what a passion that Dr. King had for education you know, we talked about how he gave away most of his fortune to help other people get an education. We know that Dr. King had, as Franklin G. would say, quite a bit of Latin behind his name and in front of his name. Uh, he talked about literacy and how important reading was. And Dr. Green is a man of words. He he writes books. He he does lectures sometimes. But And I can tell you Dr. Green inspires me because, like I said, Dr. Green is, roughly 80 years old, and Dr. Green still has a full schedule. When it looks like, is anybody really listening to me? Does anyone care that I'm doing this event or that event? I think to Dr. Green, 
on how he actually doesn't ask those questions. He just continues to do. And I feel like if he can continue to do, then surely me being a younger man, theoretically, I should be able to do at least as much. So he's really been quite an inspiration uh, for me. As I was sharing with my best friend uh, just the other day, I said, sometimes I don't know if I should do these things anymore. And I find that I have to sort of push myself and make myself do these things now, whereas it used to be just something that I did. And uh, sharing this with my friend perked me up. Uh, I got a swift kick in the posterior from my friend also, but I, I needed it. But also hearing Dr. Green uh, talk about the various activities that he's involved with now and the things that he's done in the past and how Dr. King, you know, Dr. King said, be afraid. And for sure, don't let fear stop you from doing. Don't let fear stop you from doing. So in 2015, I want to sort of shake off those shackles, not of fear. Maybe it was a fear of, is anyone listening to me? Maybe it was a fear of, am I really making a difference? Now, I don't know whether I am or not, but I'm going to still keep on. Dr. Green kept on. Dr. King kept on. Suppose Dr. King would have said, I don't know if anybody's listening to me but he kept going. I think we should all keep going. Well, Angela, uh, because we do have uh, the candlelight vigil tonight, I didn't want the show to go too long today. Uh, There's still some things that need to be done to prepare. And uh, did you have anything else for, for the folks? I don't know. I just wanted to encourage folks to come on out and join us this evening if you're uh, in our community, as Rodney stated, this is for the community uh, opportunity for us to come together and celebrate what many believe, uh, myself included, probably the greatest, you know, the greatest citizen America has. So his life clearly is worthy. We're we're living uh, proof of that and. We can because he and his peers did. So come on out. Let's observe Dr. King's birthday and encourage one another. And that's all I had to say. Well, thank you so much, Angela. Thank you for out there uh, in, in the streets. You hear me? I'm out here in these streets. Things are being rung up. I'm, I got the water. I got some candles. I hope others bring water and candles. Comes in handy while we're out there. Uh, you know, I'm breaking up right now, Rodney, out here in these streets. <laughs> well, I will be joining you very shortly. Uh, for those of you who are listening, if you can join, please come out tonight. It's at from 5.30 to 7 o'clock. It is at the Dr. King statue on the corner of MLK uh, Boulevard and Cary Avenue. Uh, some of you may know it as the... Uh, Pavilion. It's sort of catty corner to the Dr. William U. Pearson Community Center. Uh, the Senior Center is also a part of the complex. Uh, the uh, Justice Center 
is also uh, located there. So it, you may know it by a bunch of uh, different names. Uh, there is an actual address to it for those of you who need to plug it into your GPS. It's 2428-2428 North Martin Luther King Boulevard. And it's North Las Vegas, Nevada. 2428 North Martin Luther King Boulevard. And that's at the corner of Karen. So I hope I can see you tonight between 5.30 and 7 o'clock. You can get there a little early, see us setting up a little bit, but also uh, hear some of Dr. King's uh, speeches before the program starts. And usually we'll start the program oftentimes with a speech. So come on out. We'll have speakers. Uh, we have Jess Flo. Uh, for those of you in the community, you know she's a powerful speaker. Uh, she's going to perform for us tonight. We also have uh, Sister Isis. She has a, a poem that she wrote uh, specifically for this uh, occasion, and she's going to perform for us tonight. So we're going to have, in between a lot of the talking heads, we are going to have something to hopefully inspire you and give you something to think about. The arts, poetry, song was very much a part of the Civil Rights Movement. And from Marian Anderson singing at the March on Washington for Jobs and Justice, uh, that was a huge event for many of us to to hear her sing it. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Naz Khalifa is going to be performing. And she's, she tours nationally. So, uh, you know, this is something for you, and it costs you nothing but your time and maybe braving a, a little bit of Las Vegas cold. Now, Las Vegas cold is definitely not New York cold, uh, Chicago cold, or Detroit cold, but it is still cold for us. So uh, bring your blankets, bring your bring your coat, your hat, and uh, let's come out and celebrate the birth of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. at the Candlelight Vigil. Hopefully I'll see you there. And uh, in the meantime, next week we'll be back at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. want to hear all about it. And uh, I hope that and that's 3.30 p.m. on the East Coast. On the East Coast. I hope that you all will uh, join us. And thank you, Angela. And thank you, Angela, for what you're doing out there. And thanks to all the participants out there. Thanks to all the listeners here. Uh, big shout-out to my listeners in Detroit. Uh, your support is always appreciated. And I think that's going to do it for us. All right, Angela, I'll see you at the vigil. Yes, you got to get out here, man. It's crowded. You got to, you got to get anything. You better come on. They, they bind it up. <laughs> all we right. Must all be heading to the vigil. Bye bye. I sure hope so. All right. Bye bye, everyone. Bye-bye. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>